Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome back to Season 3 of Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. I'm your host, Kofi Outlaw, and I am back after a week off. But I left the show in very capable hands with my co-host, Matthew Aguilar. What up? And Janelle Wheeler. Hey, guys! And these guys just knocked out a big interview for us last week and did some awesome cleanup for some big things that happened in the world of geekdom last week. So thank you guys. I listened to your show uh, halfway as a fan, halfway as a scared you know, host of the show. But, uh, a proud papa. You're a proud papa, right? Yeah, yeah. In the end, when all turned out well, I was a proud papa. So <laughs> yay. Thanks, Kobe. But uh, we're back this week and we got some big new entertainment things to discuss. The Matrix 4 or the Matrix Resurrections trailer dropped yesterday and shut down the internet, or maybe the internet never shuts down because we're inside of it. I'm not sure <laughs> right now, but it's out there. Matt and our gaming crew just went down the gauntlet of the PlayStation showcase yesterday. And because PlayStation is so much awesomer than the current generation of Xbox, we have a lot to talk about in that regard. So uh, just putting that out there. A lot to talk about on the PlayStation front and a lot that we are equally going to be excited about as geeks because a lot of crossover between the geek world, the gaming world, and some big things happening on PlayStation 5 in the coming yeah, year yeah. we're going to discuss. Plus, we got to break down what happened in the latest What If, what happened in the latest DC's Titans. A couple, we're going to mention some things about Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Just do some cleanup on spoilers there. And, of course, we have comics this week, so a lot to get to. Let's start right up front. Matrix Resurrections. So... The Matrix 4 trailer is finally here, giving us a look at kind of Lana Wachowski's new vision of what the Matrix franchise is all about. And there are a lot of kind of crazy things to talk about with this. So if you have not seen the Matrix Resurrections trailer, please do go online at comicbook.com movies or YouTube or wherever you watch your trailers and go check that out right now because we are going to start talking about it. So. The interesting things that kind of came out, uh, this trailer is very much a, kind of an echo of the original film in a lot of ways. Uh, Thomas Anderson, who's Keanu Reeves character, is living this kind of Silicon Valley life that he feels is kind of empty, hollow. In this modern telling, there's a whole pharma level to it because he's popping kind of pharma pills and things like that. Um, you know, obvious metaphor for how we're all just like, you know, tuned out or, you know, 
pilled up or whatever you want to go for modern times until he meets this girl and a bunch and this crazy stuff starts happening and he begins to realize his world isn't his. And so it's a familiar beat of the matrix in a modern setting, right? Like we said, however, there were some interesting things included with this. Um, basically we got a press release with this that says that is real heavy. Warner brothers is real heavy. at saying, this film is like a sequel to the original Matrix movie. They're Halloweening it. Yeah, they're kind of like Halloweening crazy. it. Yeah. And uh, this is, a, you know, an ode to the groundbreaking blah, blah, blah of the original Matrix movie. And it's said like 15 times in this press release. Like, <laughs> no mention, not one single mention of Matrix Revolution, uh, Reloaded and Revolutions or Enter the Matrix or the games that came out afterwards, the Matrix Online. Dude, I Matrix. love the Enter the Matrix. <laughs> um, yeah, none of, no mention of that stuff. So it's kind of confusing about like what the continuity here is. And like, what is going on? Um, and it's kind of weird. But if you basically pause certain points of the trailer in that kind of flash of sizzle reel footage at the beginning where he's talking to Neil Patrick Harris, there is one shot of Keanu Reeves of, of uh, Thomas Anderson's what looks like his real body. And if you look closely, the eyes are kind of burned out on his face, which makes it look like this is indeed his body you know, after revolutions when he was blinded. Um, so it's really kind of confusing right now, uh, but they are, as Matt so aptly put it, they're Halloweening it, which is to say like, yeah, you only really directly acknowledge the first film, but you can still kind of play vaguely with the idea that other things happened here or that other films and things are in there, but you never have to commit to anything. You can kind of like pick and choose which of the sequels you want to, reference so i'm kind of interested on what they're doing here and that kind of curiosity carries over to uh yaya abdul martin's character who he just went out who looked very morpheus ish in this trailer until he just went on instagram and just in big caps said a picture of himself and just said morpheus so this kind of looks like young morpheus right so again there's this big mystery of I was thinking it's the freaking it's the Matrix just creating new agents that look like Morpheus to throw off Neo. I mean, it could be. This is all possible. Like because of the nature of the Matrix, <sighs> this could be like actually a prequel. <laughs> like this could be a prequel, right? Like it could be one version of the Matrix that came in modern times or closer to the when the machine war happened. And this is as close to like when it happened, and they're just going to say like this is the point that it happened. Like we're on the tipping point of when the machine war, which would be a whole How metaphor. Explain Neo being actually, so much older. Well, this would be the first version of Neo because, as they said, there's been like different versions <sighs> of Neo in this. Yeah, my my yeah. brain hurts. <laughs> oh no! I had this great idea of exactly how it was going to play out, and now I'm oh. totally screwed. <laughs> now I'm confused. My brain hurts. Yeah, I mean, look, like, yeah. I mean, honestly, though, this conversation is the inherent problem with doing right. this sometimes, mm-hmm. yeah. especially with something as complicated and complex as the Matrix got. That is big, right? Like everyone has this like. But we've seen it work. So while this discussion like, oh, my God, my brain hurts just from like trying to process like who, which version is this and like why? Oh, my God. But it has worked in the past. We've seen it work recently. And so I'm, I'm, 
you know, I'm kind of like fingers crossed. They just kind of they relay all this information in a way that is that is easy for someone to get and not get overwhelmed by the lore and continuity because that will drag it down. Like people are excited about the Matrix, but you don't know how many tweets I saw about I haven't seen like any of the other three or I've only seen the first one. And that was years ago and never like say like I've seen so much of like people know what the Matrix is, but they don't know the Matrix. No, oh I mean, that's God. that's very true. Um, no, I taught like in New York, like back when I worked for the other site, I don't name for legal reasons. Like that was <laughs> 10 years I was in New York. I taught to, to kind of make ends meet. I also taught at a vocational school. And I taught English and storytelling and all this stuff. And so I would try to use the matrix because I figured like that's one of the more kind of like popular films that everybody would know. And I taught there for four years and about for the first year and a half, I was able to do that. But somewhere around the year and a half point, it just flipped real quick to kids who were just coming in saying like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, oh, what's no. the matrix? That and, breaks my heart. Oh, that thing I saw on TBS the other day with the right. movie, uh, um, yes. John Wick Stop. and stuff like, and it's just like, yeah, people don't know it as much. I mean, this generation, this is why it can it can work right now because this generation hasn't kind of really experienced that. But they know it's a big deal. Yeah. You know what I mean? They know the aura that the it has and that it, like it was so influential. And there's a lot of people that are going to want to be on the bandwagon that are yeah. willing, like they're going to dive in like, Hey, give it to me. And, but so that's why it's important to like, not get mired in the muck to, to be right. like, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, no doubt. Yeah. Like, yeah, this is going to be kind of, I mean, it's going to be really interesting and really crazy, but I mean, in a weird way, it's one of those films that like, I think can avoid Terminator's dark fate, pun intended by Oof, yeah. the fact that, we are living in more of like a matrix black mirror episode these days than we were back in like 1999 mm-hmm. and there, and because of the nature of the story that the matrix reboots, even after Keanu Reeves sacrificed himself in the original trilogy, the matrix is still there. It reboots, it still exists. And you can play with that a lot these days. Yeah. So well, that's where it's like, don't they need to just like make it work with two and three? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you get around this. I still love that car chase and reloaded. I still love that that car chase rule. (laughs) Um, I love twins. Yeah. (laughs) I loved them. I thought uh, they were so cool and creepy and weird. I had such a crush on them as a kid. (laughs) (laughs) What? Wait. I love the weird twins with the cornrows. We just made a podcast breaking down Janelle Wheeler. Like I do. Wow. I did not expect that. I was like, I I was all with you on like, oh, Oh, I love them. That's that's amazing. Um, They were hot. They were models, man. I think they worked at like, I think they were at Abercrombie or something like that. I swear to God. I think you think, I think you did all the research and you know these answers and you're just like. She did the Wikipedia. She's she's the one. I think in 1986, they did a campaign for Hugo Boss. That's just speculation. Bring back the twins. Yeah. All right. Well. But let's say so far is is everybody in back in? Oh yeah. Um, I was obsessed with the Matrix. This 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 was the franchise that changed that I was old enough finally to really kind of recognize would this change things and in many ways seeded my way for the career that I have now because in 1999 I was a senior in high school and that was like this pivotal year in film and one of the things that really happened was this marriage of 
kind of high art, you know, film school concepts with blockbuster genre filmmaking that gave us things like The Sixth Sense, um, The Matrix, and a whole bunch of other big films that came out in 99. Uh, you know, Fight Club, like a whole bunch of other stuff in, or fight, in 99, 2000, that area. And so it was the first time that like people were sitting down for blockbuster films and really discussing them. Like people in my high school would go see like The Matrix or Sixth Sense and things like that. And it would be like half hour discussions of this between like, you know, cliques of people who never talked in high school would sit down and talk about all this stuff. And that's where I kind of got the idea that these, you know, doing these film site blogs and stuff would be like a good racket. But anyway, The Matrix was the first one because that was the one that like everybody was just you think Inception was a rabbit hole generator like the first Matrix had everybody believe in like some people were so far gone. They were like, I could see the code in the walls like they were out there. <laughs> Dropping that acid. <laughs> yeah, they were out there, man. It was crazy. Oh, that's uh, great. And when The Matrix Reloaded hit with that ending and the uh, architect and everything. Oh, oh my God. People, it was insane. Like I had to learn to use the internet just to figure out that movie. So oh I'm kind of seeing this again. Brought back like all that nostalgia. I say all that to say, like I felt, I felt the love and the wonder because it was like my mood. I think this is the height of like my movie magic wonder is that Super Bowl ad when I saw that first Matrix commercial and was like, "What is this?" Like, oh my god. Um. So yeah, I'm excited to see it again. Man, I just, you know, uh, okay, two things. So, so one, uh, absent Josh, yes, it was everybody's screensaver. That was, that was everybody's screensaver for like a solid year and a half. <laughs> a year and a half? Like, at least in the early 2000s. At least. If you didn't have a matrix code on your screensaver. <laughs> so true. Um, also, I, you know, it, I will say, I think, um, I, I mean, I, I really enjoy the first Matrix and I actually really I, there's a lot I like about Reloaded, too. I mean, it's not as good as the first one, obviously, but I still there's a lot of, I like about it. Um, but I there was that sense of magic again when I watched that trailer. They did a very good job. They, they captured that excitement. And there's yes, there's a lot of stuff of like, oh, how are they going to make that work? And that's, you know, and then, of course, like there's the big question of Lawrence Fishburne and, you know, it's such a, he's such a part, a critical part of what makes the matrix work. That first movie is his take on Morpheus. So like, it's going to be difficult for me, but I mean, they got a great actor to play that part. If he, I mean, he's come out and say he's Morpheus, right? So if that is the case, I do kind of hold out hope that we're going to get a little, just, just even a, a little bit of Fishburne, at some point, you know, in this, even if it's just a quick thing. Um, but, but I still like, I left going like, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to get back into this world and maybe just maybe to go along with some questions in the, in the comments, maybe we get a remake of enter the Matrix. <laughs> maybe that happens. If this pops, maybe, maybe they just go full blown nostalgia and like, I mean, give is us Niobe that. even ghost, even still canon. We don't even know, bro. <laughs> we don't even know if they're still canon, bro. They were over here. And while they were in the movie, everyone can, like, there's no argument that their coolest stuff was in the game. <laughs> like, oh, no, they were great. The oh, the game was hype, man. The game is so great. I love the game. Enter the Matrix. Yeah. Dude, there's also the thing that well, we wrote about that popped up online is that in because the Matrix in a lot of ways was the, the pioneer, the sacrificial pioneer. Cause I feel like every time you're a pioneer, you should add the word sacrifice to it because you're going to get screwed. <laughs> um, 
is like is a sacrificial pioneer for for what these now big sweeping franchise universes are Hmm. like the matrix was the first one where they were like we're gonna build this multi-platform completely like interwoven franchise universe (coughs) excuse me over movies games and anime and all that stuff and it didn't work out through circumstances beyond his control. Like the, the two films, it was just overkill. We were learning that filming sequels back to back and like releasing them in the same year was a bit overkill. Yeah. Like it was just a little too much for people. Um, MMOs, RPGs kind of took a downturn when Matrix Online, which was like this huge project, which was going to sustain this franchise kind of launch because it was literally you get to download yourself in a matrix and play which was so yeah. cool by the way yeah it was really cool but it yeah. was like there were some bugs and mmorpgs just got slaughtered by the yeah. rise of fps like at that time and well in war of the warcraft just yeah like, exactly made it so hard <laughs> <laughs> but they actually killed bit and that is a continuity game and they kill morpheus in that game a dude pops out in an alleyway some ghost faced assassin and just shoots him down in the alleyway man it's messed so, up yeah, so like people are all up in arms about that. Like it's crazy. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be crazy to see how this works out. Um, although uh, I know it's on HBO Max, but this is one movie I, th- I got to say I think I'm definitely gonna be headed out. I, I got to see it in theaters. I can't. Yeah, I can't absolutely. Do the HBO Max thing. Same. One hundred percent. This was like the first sci-fi. Not, I don't know how do we say that. Like tech-fi. <laughs> like it's it's technological action. Like I was. A, I think I was a little bit younger than you guys when it launched. I think I was in middle school. Love and, flex. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I'm the baby. Just kidding. It's the first time ever. So, but it, I came out. It came out when I was a kid. I was still wearing like Jinkos and. I liked the Spice Girls. Seriously, I was into the Spice Girls. And like, I didn't, I, my brain was never, it wasn't ready for that. And my parents let me watch it after lots and lots of begging. And I immediately went like goth trench coat. Like it, it like changed who I was for like a year. It made me like second guess religion in like seventh grade. Like it was awesome. I, I was obsessed with it. Like, it was I don't know it's something that like is extremely important to me personally it's in my it's one of my absolute favorite movies of all time and so if they get it wrong it would be devastating for me so I'm just it just based on the trailer it looked amazing but I I wonder if I'm the only person that feels that way like please don't mess this up (laughs) like this is too important to me like I don't know yeah shout out JD Smith digit artist shout out to uh, equilibrium the movie that the Matrix killed it. I mean, the Matrix killed Equilibrium, which was a which which was an awesome movie in and of itself. But uh, yeah, I got killed killed by the Matrix. Ooh, shout out R.I.P. Equilibrium. <laughs> oh man! All right, so that's the uh, Matrix trailer reaction. You can also watch Brandon Davis, our uh, Phase Zero host, do a live reaction to the trailer over on Comic Book or on the Comic Book Twitters. And uh, yeah, we're gonna be definitely watching out for this one because it's gonna end the year with a bang. So. That's going to be pretty hype. All right. I think we're going to take a break because when we get back, Matt's about to go off about PlayStation Showcase. And we are going to break down for you guys why if you bought the newest Xbox, you really made the wrong decisions. Stay tuned for all of that when we come back. Wow. PlayStation love, baby. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. 
Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Welcome back, everybody. All right, Matt, PlayStation Showcase, go off. I would just like to, to, to note that uh, I put it because I put a question in the in the layout of like, hey, let, let's talk about, uh, you know, kind of if uh, Sony's move and showcase took out Microsoft's thunder. And then Kofi goes and like chucks a grenade <laughs> right at the beginning. I did it all diplomatically and like all this nice thing. Kofi's like, nah, like. <laughs> I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna tell it, it like it is. You can uh, count Kofi for that. Oh yeah, fire in the hole. So let's start with how they started uh, their showcase. Which, like, good lord, if you're gonna open up with a opening track, they just come out and go, "Oh, hey, Star Wars: Knights of the Old Republic remake, boom, coming," and like. No one knew about it, which is amazing in this day and age. Wait, I like to time out. Let's get Rich in here. Rich, let's get Rich from behind the scenes. Right, yes. Our like huge Richard! Star Wars fan. Rich. Yes. Oh, you, you, you look like a streamer. The man that's great. That I love happen. your background. Thank you. Are you excited for this, Rich? Yes and no. I told Kofi this before the show. I'm pissed. Why? I'm I'm I'm, I'm, I'm upset because. This was originally like an Xbox game, and I'm an Xbox guy. I don't have a PlayStation Five, so or I don't play a PC games. So like I'm, I'm gonna, I'm kind of torn. Either I buy the PlayStation Five to play this game, or hope that they maybe release it later on down the road on Xbox because the game looks amazing. It looks great, but I'm pissed that right now I won't be able to play it. Yeah, well, okay. Number one, I feel, I feel your pain. I feel your pain. We've always like, look. I'm very much a defender of exclusives on consoles, yeah. even though it negatively affects me sometimes. Right. Like I had to wait a year to play Tomb Raider Rise of the Tomb Raider because like it was on Xbox only and it was on PlayStation. Right. And that sucks for me for a year. But I do always actually support exclusives because it just makes both consoles different and special. Right. But I get this now. The good news is this is a timed exclusive. So it is not like in perpetuity exclusive to PS5. It'll be a timed exclusive. It it is coming to PC. It will likely come. You know, I mean, Lucasfilm has a good LucasArts has a good relationship with Microsoft and stuff like that. So I imagine it will come at some point time exclusivity on exclusives tends to be like six months to a year, you know? So like, yes, you probably won't be able to play it right away, uh-huh. but I would imagine at some point with a game like this, you will be able to play. I was actually surprised because I mean, obviously it is a Bioware uh, and, and aspire media game and aspire. Some of the people who are, who made the original are actually working on this, new version uh as well and is it a complete remake so we're talking like final fantasy 7 remake levels of like we're redoing stuff not just hey we're putting up some things so that's exciting um i mean this game gets talked about a lot in classic game discussions all over the place so the fact that it is coming like when they started out with like the music and stuff i was like oh we're we're starting out with star wars that's a that's a big thing so i mean this is a big deal i feel like though you will get to play it at some point. Look, it's not, not the Xbox experience. Watch other people have fun. Eventually you get to have fun yourself. 
<laughs> oh my god! <laughs> now, of course, I'm Rich should get, get back behind be in games. the PlayStation universe because we can play games together. I, I got PS4, just not the PS5. We play we play Knockout City. Oh right. man! All right. All right, so let's move. So let's move from there. Uh, there were a couple really good. I've uh, never played Knights of the Old Republic. I missed it. I was telling Rich before. Oh my god! Yeah, it missed me. I was in the first-person shooters in like Final Fantasy at the time it came out. And so, Understand. like, I never played it. So this is going to be my first time, and I am beyond hyped. Wow. Oh, my gosh. That's well, awesome. Dude, you should see you guys in the comments. Sometimes you just got to wait for things because then they're extra special when you finally do get them. I mean, look, I'm very much – I mean, I don't know how you feel, Janelle, about exclusives in general. But, I mean, I'm okay with that. Sometimes it sucks. Like, I can't play Ultimate Alliance 3 because it's on Nintendo Switch only. But I when mean, I get a Switch, it'll be there. I I feel like I am the odd man out always amongst most gamers as I am a Nintendo person. And so, I mean, I because of my streaming, you know, I'm a streamer. I do have to have the other consoles. So I kind of like it's it's kind of like whatever for me. But when I was just a casual gamer and not doing it for a job, uh, I, I hated exclusives. <laughs> like I was very pissed off all the time because, again, I was Nintendo chick. So right. I didn't get a lot. And because of that, I think that's why my gaming has always been really cutesy, bright colors, because I'm so retro. I love my retro stuff. And so I never got into God of War. I never got into like any of those those style of games, first person shooters, I'm, like that stuff at all. And it kind of bums me out because I think I missed oh, a lot. And if they were released blood. on other consoles, I probably would have tried those games. You know, right. still blood on the Call of Duty battlefield. I don't think you're ever going to look back. <laughs> <Wait a second. laughs> uh, the Eagle into a man's face, you're going to be like, "This is what I do. <laughs> <laughs> this is how I handle my trolls." Yeah, <laughs> and this remake will give you a chance to try this one out. At, yeah, like because it I mean, would be great. After this, I will say after this presentation, I'm pretty much sold on picking up the PS5. I was holding out and just sticking with my PS4 um, because, of, again, I don't play it as much. I do yeah. play more PC and Nintendo. Like, those are my two. Um, and I kind of stay away from Xbox and PlayStation. But now I think I'm sold. Like, it's time. Make the investment. Like, pick right. it up. Get on some games. Yeah, yeah buddy. Well, Thanks, and let's, and yeah. let's move into the, the two biggies uh, here because there was some other, some other games we will touch on. But obviously... Uh, people were waiting for some Marvel stuff. And Dude. the biggest one, obviously, was Marvel Spider-Man 2 uh, coming from Insomniac uh, that had been teased and stuff. But here we actually got like a full-blown, like a real teaser trailer, like where you actually see everybody. Uh, we saw Peter, of course. We saw Miles. And then the narration, you know, people are like, oh, that seems to be Craven." Right. At least that's the idea anyway. Um, and then people are thinking, oh, like Craven's last hunt. Like, is that a thing? And then we get the big reveal of Venom. Venom! Because that was like <laughs> I, I, I lost my mind a little bit at that because like that's uh, the obvious direction. Uh, but you still are excited when they do it. Right. Like they, <laughs> they did it really yeah. well. Uh, Freaking uh, Todd Candyman. Tony Todd, yeah, is the voice of Venom. Yeah, which you, can't is, like, that, you cannot beat that. Brilliant, that's brilliant. And like the the big thing I've seen, um, and I think uh, actually um, uh, Mark uh, from our gaming team put this out on Twitter, kind of wondering if he's playable 
there is no real there's no mention of that obviously in the trailer and the obvious thing would be to just he would be the villain but we've seen in other spider-man games in the past that like yeah at some point in time yeah you you get another playable character you want to play as as venom especially after seeing what they did with miles in his game and like how they kind of diversified his power set and made him feel different i would love to see what they could do with venom so i'm kind of hoping there's a you know, maximum carnage-ish style thing where you end up having to team up with him. It's only to backdoor tee up like a Venom game. Right. You know, because like, what they did with Miles in the first game. And they played it, those kind of lame levels as Miles Morales, the, a civilian. And then that was all tee up the Miles game, which is now going to tee up Spider-Man 2, which could tee up a Venom game. Like, right. Uh, yeah. And and Insomniac's building their own little uh, yeah. Marvel universe here. Um, I didn't wait till the end, but I'll say it now, man. I don't think I've seen since Warner Brothers Animation started, you know, just bossing up in the DC universe as if I've seen like a kind of third party tier, like really step in and just own that brand. Like Insomniac is starting to do with Marvel here. Man, like it, the fact that, well, okay. So let's get to, we'll get to that other part and then we'll kind of dive into it. So uh, obviously Marvel Spider-Man two has a release date of 2023. So we'll be a minute, Um, but it's going to be a, that one is listed as a PS five exclusive, not cross platform. So that one is like, fully seems to be taking advantage of the ps5's capabilities and things so i'm we're excited for that because a lot of the games so far are that cross which again ps5 games are gorgeous and they like they're they're they take advantage of the system but we won't really get to see what the system can do until they stop that cross gen stuff um we also got the big surprise of the presentation which was insomniac working on a wolverine game uh just like out of nowhere um and we got a small teaser trailer again pretty pretty on point filled with easter eggs if you were looking um, like a ton there was a, a reference to the first appearance uh it seems to take place in madripoor uh from like the bar pictures and things like that like people were just dissecting that he's like a cowboy <laughs> though yeah, well, he's, right. got, he's, the, he's got his. He's oh, got the hat. Cowboy Logan, yeah, that's. I mean, Cowboy yeah. Logan is a. There's the eye patch on the I'm bar. I'm liking it. I'm feeling it. Look, it. Man, yeah. I mean, uh, um, it, the tone felt very Wolverine. Um, you know, yeah. we did actually get a great Wolverine game years ago that was tied to an awful movie. <laughs> um, and the game was like really well done. So like here, this isn't tied to anything in specific. It's just going to be their own story, kind of like they did with Spider-Man. And they they did say that like they are excited about creating kind of this their own take on this Marvel universe. They didn't outright say they're connected and they didn't outright say like they're in the same pockets and stuff. But like that's the inference. Uh, this one has no release date. Uh, and they also did note that this one is very, very early in development. So while they showed a teaser trailer for Spider-Man 2, and that's coming in 2023, if this one is an early development, which they stressed, we're probably looking at 2024 at the yeah, that's earliest. Like, that's what I was thinking, too, right. but I, which is surprising to me that they would even tease us this early on. It's kind of interesting to me. But. Sony... Okay, so Sony does that a lot. Those uh, button scenes. Yeah, Sony Sony does that a lot, though. I mean, I mean, think about it, right? We saw Final Fantasy VII remake trailer, and we didn't get that for like two more years, and that's the first chapter of a game. (laughs) That's the first chapter again, which I adore. But I'm just saying, it's like the first chapter again. So, like, they'll they'll the God of War tease 
of the logo was last year. Just the logo of like, hey, it's coming. Here we get a trailer moving into our next one of God of War Ragnarok, uh, which fans were very excited. To. Also, I just want to point out Richard Schiff is Odin. How cool is that? Like West Wing's Toby is <laughs> is, is in this game. game. It looked so, so awesome. Again, not a style of game that I'm normally playing, but I I'm I want to play this so bad, even if I have to put it on like easy, 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 easy mode. Like I want to play it so bad. It's beautiful. <laughs> it looked awesome. Yeah, I uh, this is uh, this is one, obviously, that's and, and by the way, these are just the kind of bigger notes. Uh, there were things that before the show we had seen, like the Alan Wake remaster. Uh, is a big one, and that's coming to multiple consoles as well. Um, that was thrown here. Gran Turismo, the next Gran Turismo was announced here. Um, a, a couple that I actually really love, uh, Forspoken, which is the uh, Ella Belinsky starring kind of original adventure game from Square Enix. That continues to look really interesting, and they actually showed some story stuff and like how she gets there, and she starts from New York. That looks fun. Project Eve is like some it's it's people made the bayonetta comparisons but like it looks it looks different like it's it's got its own vibe that game looks awesome and that was like how they kind of kicked into the next portion of the presentation um so i mean there's a lot here so now that we've kind of run over all that did this sony showcase kind of steal microsoft's thunder because the last time we talked about microsoft it was on a high because we had like halo infinite and they actually showed us some people responding to it like there was a lot of good it feels like there was a lot of good love uh, especially with all the bethesda stuff they've been showing lately coming with microsoft and then sony like drops this and it's like all these single player huge experiences that you just can't get anywhere else i don't know th- does it feel like they kind of stole their thunder a little bit Absolutely. I mean, yeah, like yeah, they ate their lunch. Like, are, mm-hmm. I mean, are you still caring about Halo? <laughs> I mean, okay. No. If I put it on the table, I know some of these games aren't coming for a while. But if I put you on your gaming next gen table, I'm like, look, you can have Halo right now, or you can have Wolverine and Spider Man Two in a couple of years if you get PS Five right now. Like, what would you choose? No, oh, it's easy. It's not even a choice for me. Now, yeah. Halo does have its fans. I mean, it's a giant franchise. So does Leisure Suit Larry. <laughs> <laughs> you just compare Halo to Leisure Suit Larry. Both are kind of getting old as hell, tired as hell, but we're fun. Wow. Man. They were fun for their day. Oh my god. So here's the thing, and I and I've seen I've seen in the comments. And, and J- if Jim were on here, Jim's first rebuttal to anything is it's all on game pass. And I understand that as a value, if you're coming at strictly from value, I understand people going, it's whatever, 10 bucks a month. And we get all these games to try and that strictly value. Microsoft's a great deal. Like I can't Mm -hmm. argue against that because you can also play half of those games on PC and whatever, right? You can move the licenses back and forth. That is great. That is but great. that is not what I look for in a console, and that's going to be subjective. And so mm-hmm. when I look at a console, I want to play games and experiences that suit my own personal taste. What do I like? Single player, 
huge adventure sprawling stories and things like that. I did. That's what I tend to like. So when you mix in comic stuff with it, it's up my alley. But I even just look at the, the experiences that you can get on Microsoft and Sony PlayStation are just like really different. Like they're just completely, there's completely different. So these experiences, I just don't know how you argue against PlayStation. <laughs> I just mm-hmm. don't know how you, how you argue it. And the only one I see is value. And I understand that. Right. Well said. You went it, off, bro. You love it. I, said, I said it would go off. All right. So that's uh, so yeah. So that's games. Love it. <laughs> I'm excited to talk about what if man, we got some walkers back on this show. Oh boy. <laughs> All right. Let's get into it. So, here we go. Are we still streaming? Are we still good? Yeah, we still good everywhere? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought we froze somewhere for a second there. All right. So, moving right along. So, Matt went off, and boy, howdy did he. So, let's talk about some recaps. Who here has seen uh, Shang-Chi? Just me? Yeah. Why do we hire you two? Why, why I've, I've, seen, I've seen the after credits. I've been traveling. I know. Why are you like I've it? seen the after credits because Disney didn't put it on why streaming. Why are you like That's why. <laughs> that's why. Yeah, I wish they put it on streaming. I'm not going to lie. That's Just why this one for my anyway, own selfish needs. Yes, traveling it. purposes. I seen it. It was good. Shang Chi was good. Uh, they did the. They definitely put Marvel martial arts to a Marvel level. Um, I was surprised by how many big things oh, there are. In are we spoiling? Movie. No, I mean for okay. why you, you? None of you have seen it. I gotta wait. I gotta <laughs> you guys get all excited. Oh like, no, I already got all the spoilers. Well, for chat. Listen, Phase Zero did a whole special episode breaking this down, and they just had uh, Simu Liu and and the director on for a you know big interview on phase zero so go listen to all that all i'm going to say is i was surprised by how much shang chi actually opened the doors to a wider corner of the marvel universe in both kind of grounded you know that's grounded crime espionage world and the kind of larger cosmic implications of the ten rings and tao lo and all of that stuff so pleasantly surprised and love the cast and and the new additions simu lu is a really i mean he's a star and he did a great job in that and and i'm looking forward to seeing more of shang shang chi's uh, kind of corner shang chi's order corner of the universe in the marvel cinematic universe all right that's that let's talk about what if so what if or how marvel put me into you know therapy is <laughs> going well after these last two episodes because these last two episodes have been kind of intense man yeah, they love uh, killing off everyone. Yeah, not a lot of like, yeah, there there's not a lot of happy endings in these last one. The Doctor Strange one was a heartbreaker, and this one this week was kind of fun, but I think these later episodes really are embracing the what if concept, which is using loose approximations of things we know to then spin off into completely different stories. And this one was just a great Marvel ensemble story. And mm-hmm. I, it really just made me think afterwards, like how much of the voice voices they put together for this one to have this kind of last stand zombie apocalypse Avengers kind of come together in their interactions. And uh, all that stuff was fun. And they did a good job making a zombie movie that, you know, didn't go too crazy for kids, but was still kind of freaky enough. So I'm kind of liking what if, and they set up something real big at the end with uh, 
Thanos was zombie Thanos. And I've heard some really interesting, fun theories like zombie Thanos is actually going to double life in the universe so that he can, so that they can feed. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, so what do you guys think of this particular episode of what if Janelle? Oh my God. I love it. I love what if I'm so pumped. I actually like in our fantasy league, I have a strange as a zombie as my image. (laughs) I'm just so pumped about it. The fact that like Dr. Strange is like everything right now, (laughs) like even if just for a second, it's so sick. I'm so happy. These episodes have been outrageous. Like if you are not watching what if I just don't even know what to tell you, because even if you are not into animated stuff it's just so good uh bucky bucky in this episode was what i wished we had in falcon winter soldier long hair super sexy still a little dark and like mysterious and less like injured and just oh god i loved him in this episode and then of course the team ups like it was just really it was really good i don't i hate spoil like spoiling too much but it i just it's fabulous, fabulous job. I don't understand how every episode keeps getting like better and better. It's just really outstanding. Do you guys like watching Vision die for a third time this year? No. Yeah. Okay, you're right. Yeah, I hated that. I'm okay with that. All right. Oh, <laughs> okay, I, yeah, so I feel bad. I feel bad. I'm going to be the rain on the parade here. I, 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 before no! we watch Vision get murked three times, he got murked when he escaped the hex bubble early on in WandaVision. Wanda had to murk him at the end, and then he murked himself in this episode of What If. So yeah, yeah he, 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 he dies a lot. Twenty twenty one has been hard for you. It's been, it's been really hard for Vision. Um, <laughs> I I did not love this episode, um, and I feel like it's one of those things where I typically the way the way the MCU handles humor, I typically enjoy a lot, and I typically like it. Um, so like the snappy banter, the back and forth stuff. It's I dig wholesome humor. I for dig the on a lot of let's, levels. Let's like, be real. Most of them see humor as wholesome humor. It's cutesy. It's, but it's just like the way they do it where like, you know, a moment gets broken up with a, with a joke and, and mm-hmm. the rate of that comedy is, I enjoy it. Okay. On most occasions, 90% of occasions. Uh, it's okay not to do that though. And it's right, hopefully the MCU has to learn that it's <laughs> that you can let a moment breathe and you can let some actual horror in or you can let something hit and not have that's a damn a point, joke Matt. and You're like crazy it, no, it just kills so it valid that it is kills so valid. throughout this entire episode i understand like the absurdity of like having <laughs> hank pym or sorry having uh oh geez ant-man as head in a jar and like he's the funny comic relief i get that so have yeah. him be the comic relief and let those have a couple of moments. Cause I'm all for lighthearted moments, breaking up darker things, but right. it's everywhere. It, you never, I never felt stakes because every time I started to get sucked into it, it was like, Oh, ha ha. Yeah. We're, we're having fun. It's funny. And it's just like, dude, I've read so many Marvel zombies comics over the years. And I'm not even the biggest Marvel zombies fan. Never really have been, but I've read some great takes on this and they don't do that <laughs> they lean wow. into it and they actually let like the there's some moments when like vision and like wanda and so i'm gonna get into spoilers so, it's, <laughs> so like there's some stuff there with them that is really good and if you just let it be 
And then it's like, nope, we're, we're going to, we're going to, we, we can't help ourselves. <laughs> we can't help ourselves. We just got to crack a joke. Not everything has to be Ragnarok. Stop no, that's it. actually it's, really, it's, really it's okay. great, Matt. That's a good point. And I did miss that because you're right. Like one of my favorite things about the walking dead is that like when someone dies, it's literally like the end of the world. <laughs> it's like, it's like, that's a, you know, that's a really good point. Yeah. But it's okay to have that. I'm not, I'm not saying like I'm against humor. I'm against lighthearted things. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I like that, but no, it's not <laughs> like, and there's some, that's a really terrible dialogue in here too, throughout. Like there's a couple of times where I was like, Oh, that's, that's a bad, that just doesn't come across. Yeah, well. So it, it's, it's fine. It was fine. I didn't, I didn't love it. Um, I've seen better from from that style of story. I'm going to rewatch it thinking about that and kind of see how I feel. Well, I don't want to ruin it for people. No, I already watched it. It was awesome. I got my experience. I'm going to rewatch it and see like where see where these moments are because now I'm curious. You got me thinking. All right. Before Matt loses his entire career, let's move on to <laughs> Titans latest episode. I got accused of Marvel hate, by the way. It's okay to have nuance. It's okay to have differing opinions. It's all you know, right. You're gonna... I mean, you love Marvel as long as it's a captain before it. After that, there's no bad. Yeah, it's a, none of the other Marvel characters I've ever, ever talked about in a positive manner. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie though. Cardiac, you, 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 you stumped Squirrel Cardiac Girl, and Squirrel Champions, Girl yeah, yeah, like half the Marvel universe I love. But oh no, doesn't like this. No, not half. It's no. Squirrel Girl, Cardiac, Dark, Dark Hawk, and Captain Marvel. Yeah, it's those four. Obviously, yeah, there you go. Boom. Yeah, there's your Fantastic Four. Fantastic <laughs> work. Let's move on. Titans. That's a hater, man. Titans. Titans. So the latest episode of Titans was uh, also really good. It was kind of actor highlight. This one was kind of highlighting Barbara Gordon's character a little bit more and her relationship with Dick Grayson. Um, and I, I would have like Titan season three is making me less. It's interesting because Titan season three is making me less inclined to like the Titans and more inclined to really want like a, a live action Bat Family series set in this universe because. I, I like this. I like all the Jason Todd stuff. I like the Barbara. I like this version of Barbara and, you know, this version of Dick in their kind of history and the weird kind of pseudo kind of like more damaged version that we get in this Titans universe where they were like pulling robberies together. And, you know, Bruce Wayne is kind of like an abusive father in a weird emotionally abusive kind of way, like that whole thing. Um, it is really interesting to me. And so I'm liking the focus. I like this season really when it's focused on the bat family stuff. Um, there are some, there's a little bit of this season that's starting to feel a little scattered, like the black fire Starfire stuff still feels very tacked on, even though they're like roasting people in their houses now. Jeez, That was nuts. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, it's, it feels a little tacked on, but, um, the bat family Gotham stuff, I, I am really enjoying. So, if that becomes a dominant factor of the show after this with Tim Drake kind of suiting up and all that, I wouldn't be mad at that because uh, yeah. And, <laughs> and it's better than trying to watch them save budget by having beast boy do, do martial arts instead of, you know, transforming into an animal. Yeah. We got to Yeah. That, that is uh, I I'm always, I love early in the season. They leaned into the animal stuff more and then, yeah, for sure. Um, it does feel like, Hey, that's a budget. That's a budget cut thing. Um, I agree with you. I think all the I think the strongest parts of this episode were the Bat Family stuff. And just give props. Let's give props to Savannah Welch and uh, Barbara Gordon's like 
Barbara Gordon, that last episode fight with her and like using, using the like batons and like having that full fight sequence looked awesome. And it felt like right out of the comics uh, in, in some cases. And that, that was just awesome. So here we get to see like uh, spoilers, by the way, did we actually say spoiler? Yeah, there's, there, there okay. Right. spoiler right. okay. So uh, like having Oracle take on more of a brother eye thing is cool. I, I think it fits this, this universe and kind of mixing the two is I think it's cool and having it like the way they layer that into the plot and like the stuff like Dick and Barbara's relationship. I agree with you. is one of the strongest parts of the season. So seeing more of them and, and like these constant conflicts of how they approach things in a different manner, but they're not completely wrong either way. Like you can see both sides. I think that's just really interesting stuff. Um, I I agree. I like I like the character of Blackfire more and more. I just don't if it I, I agree with you. I feel like it just hasn't found its spot. Like I like the stuff that they're doing with her. It's just it does feel like maybe if we had had her from the beginning of the season and and they had had some time to really seed what she what her storyline is like uh, yeah, it feels kind of this like B plot thing and it shouldn't because she's going to be like a big villain, I imagine at some point, but yeah, it feels, it feels odd. Janelle, what do you think? I mean, I was living for the Starfire moment. So now I'm kind of, uh, I'm wondering uh, what more I could have had now that you're kind of talking about her and her sister. Um, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say that this episode like really like made like, wasn't like my favorite episode, but I mean, yeah. it's progressing the story. Uh, I love the tone. It's it feels like it's part of the season in a binge. This would be great. But since it's week to week, I would say that I was left wanting a little bit more from the episode. Yeah, yeah it wasn't Lazarus. Oh, we're mm-hmm. definitely in the development part. I mean, we're going to be in the yeah. development part of this season until like the final game starts up. Like, yeah. Like this is definitely well, they the just kind of they revealed so much at the beginning. Like they did right. so much so fast of, oh, in yeah. this season that it's just kind of like where do you go from there? Like, yeah, yeah. Well, we're gonna see. All right, that's Titans. Uh, we're gonna move on to Matt is gonna go off again about this new Warriors uh, footage and pictures that leaked. From the now defunct show that almost was, yeah, the uh, the the Hulu, <laughs> it felt like it was destined <laughs> yeah, uh, for Hulu New Warriors. Um, crazily enough, so if you missed it, you can still probably find things like images and things like that. Oh, yeah, it's still up online. Of, go on, just go on Twitter and type. But in it New was Warriors. deleted. Like they've all been deleted from the core account, <laughs> which what? was the, which was the showrunner, uh, kind of venting uh, a little bit about you know, the show getting derailed, not because of any quality things or that they just went a different direction. It was really the, the kind of beef was that it was one particular exec uh, shooting it down because they disagreed with, you know, their approach. And so like there, there was a long, there was a long uh, thing of like developing stuff. And then in that they showed images of squirrel girl, uh, <laughs> they showed, uh, and I'm, I hope I say it right. Is it Milana? Uh, Vantrub? Sure, we'll go with Vantrub? that. Yeah, okay, so she was going to play Doreen. 
uh, in and the she show. looked fabulous. Oh my god, the tail! And like looked, they showed oh the puppetry god. for Tippy Toe. Yeah, and like one of better Marvel TV costumes. That is, I mean, it was yeah, per- it was perfect. I was like, and was. then they showed a bunch of images of her, like stuff taken directly from Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. Like there was a lot of fun stuff there. But also they went into like you know the show was very much had a vision, and its team was like they were really trying to do something different with the show. And so they revealed some footage. You, there was like footage shown from like the angle where you could see the computer monitor and that's where you were seeing the footage. So it was kind of hard to make out some stuff, but we saw some action sequences and things like that. Uh, that is a bummer that that show got axed because number one, that exec is no longer with the company. So mm-hmm. that's kind of why people are like, well, why can't we have it back? We've seen shows i mean geez we talked about here how long about like snyder cuts and things like that right and that started a whole conversation so like nothing's off the table so like people are kind of like well the thing is the pilot episode was filmed so it wasn't actually a whole show it's not like the whole show's in the can um but it would still be great i'm just hoping for like a deadpool style leak because i mean we all know what happened with that you know that thing gets leaked and then like gets green lit right away I would love to just see the. I just want to see it. Like I'm unfinished, whatever. I just would like to see the pilot so that Is I can gonna be judge the it for next myself. New mutants, Here's the thing. I don't. I don't know. If, well, those aren't the same thing. Those aren't the, saying, like the things that I know they're not. But like when people just, I mean, it's not going to be the next. AR right. Cut. New Mutants. No. Right. Well, and that's the thing, though. This is a more akin to like I would compare it to like a you know, deleted scene from my end game, right? Where we're talking about, you're probably not talking about completed things. It's a pilot pilots to series, like the series change drastically sometimes because they see what works and what doesn't and all that. So like, again, I, I wouldn't go in expecting like a full on, Oh man, this is how, how dare we not get this, but I would still love to see it because the vision sounded amazing. It seemed like, I mean, the great lakes Avengers was getting inspo in here. I mean, I was like, Oh my God, this was seems so fun and perfect for now when like everything is so damn serious. Right. I mean, it would have been a perfect thing for now. So I was, I'm bummed, but you can go online and see a lot of the photos and stuff. And it makes you want a new warriors project. So hopefully it happens. That's me. See, I kept it short. <laughs> All right. And there you comics. Go. Yeah, there you go. Again. Doing it off. Matt, go into comics and let's uh, run through comics real quick here. All right. So we're going to start uh, with, I feel like Kofi's, uh, Kofi's bag here. Well, let's start with Star Wars uh, War of the Bounty Hunters number four. Um, I know we came off that last issue really, really digging where stuff. It was a very, a very Vader centric uh, issue where he just like tried to kill everybody. <laughs> um, but you know, what did you think of this issue? Cause it was, it was, a, it was quite different. Yeah, it was a little bit. I mean, it was the same kind of thing of Titans. I just feel like in a lot of places this week, it was just, we hit the kind of midpoint. Like now we're just kind of putting things on simmer and building like story character points and stuff like that. And this was very much that issue, right? They had set up this huge cliffhanger where Darth Vader is about to split Han Solo in half and his carbonite thing. And it's like, and he's trying to lure Luke Skywalker down to fight him. And you know, this is thing because Darth Vader, you know, is obviously threatening to kill Han Solo. And you know that Luke Skywalker can't fight him because that didn't happen in continuity. So like, how the hell are they going to get out of this one? And this issue is basically one long, how they, here's how they get out of this one. Right. 
it's like, you know, so they get through the steps of Luke drawing Vader away, the huts and all that fallout. And it very much is just like a single scene drawn out over a whole issue of here's what happens at the party next. Like, yeah, oh, somebody took Han. Now Han's on the move. This is like a weird like weekend at Bernie's thing, like where Han Solo is just his frozen body and he just keeps getting thrown around to different people like a hot potato. And like that's where the story moves. Potato, so um, War of the Bounty Hunters was good in its first act, building up the return of Crimson, Crimson Dawn, this big auction that built all the factions together. But this is kind of an underwhelming sidestep way out of it. And I hope that even though we because we were talking about what makes this crossover so great is it fits within the established canon of Star Wars but it's still kind of open and fun enough for us to really enjoy it. So I just hope they really stick the landing and make it feel worthwhile, even though they have to kind of end it within the boundaries of continuity. Yeah, no, I agree with Janelle. What you think? Yeah. I mean, I didn't, this one didn't drag too much for me. Like I have definitely read uh, more (laughs) books that kind of kept me, it, it was hard for me to keep going, but this one was great, I guess, because of the, you know, these characters that I'm familiar with and uh, the storyline in general is just so intriguing to me that I guess this kind of like more of like a filler book didn't bother me. I actually really liked it. And I, I of the three. Yeah, I actually really liked this one. I don't know. I, I There's not a lot to say. Kofi pretty much summed it up perfectly, but I didn't hate it. I'm glad I read it. I'm glad I'm keeping the story going and I know what's going on and anxious to see uh, the rest of it. Yeah. Hey, Kofi, uh, Brian would ask if uh, will we see Maul or is he dead at this time? Huh. Let's see. What is this? Oh, this uh, Maul's dead. Maul dies in the years when Luke Skywalker is a little boy. He has a final showdown with Obi-Wan Kenobi on Tatooine and he dies. So he dies like, yeah, in the early days of the Empire. Ah, that's Maul's official kind of dead point or right before or a few years before the kind of rise of the rebellion and and Luke Skywalker coming of age. So he's dead. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, It was Maul that Kira worked for until Maul was killed by Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, on Tatooine, and then that's where Kira got the opportunity to, to take Kip Crimson Dawn and make it her own. Gotcha. Perfect. Thank you, sir. Yep. Um, and then let's move into Suicide Squad, Get Joker number two. Uh, I remember us really digging that first issue, and of course, it, it keeps with our Jason Todd theme <laughs> going on. Uh, this is the one where we left things off was uh, Joker got the box, or the boom box, uh, as it's called uh, here at one point. And has the ability to like trigger the explosives at any time. Firefly met his unfortunate end. Uh, then we kind of pick up from there, and it does not go where I thought it would go. Um, but like it ends up there <laughs> by the by the time we get through this story, I'm like, okay, like I can see how we how we got there, and that that makes sense to for like the next step. But like how we got there was not at all really what I, what I expected. Um, you know, this issue deals like this is a very, uh, I will call it interesting Harley scene that I am very curious to get like Kobe and Janelle's point of view on, um, on how they reacted to that. There's also like the way Joker's used, um, is, is also very interesting. So I don't know. I, I came away like enjoying the issue and I'm very much in to see what happens next, but this isn't at all really, what I expected. J- Janelle, what do you think? 
<laughs> I don't know, man. Every time I, I get a DC read, I'm like, all right, let me check how many pages is this one going to be? And it's like 52 pages. I'm like, great. Wonderful. Oh, um, and so that's like DC starting to piss me off with these really long, really. I, I will say, like, I'm starting to get it's kind of like reading. I know, I know, I get it, and I, I like the Harley. Feel like the kid in social studies class. I you love know, Harley with the. I love the Harley scene. Spoilers, guys. Harley gets she gets her moment on a big old stage, and I loved it. <laughs> I thought it was really hot. I love Harley, and I think women are beautiful. So I was kind of loving that. Being forced to do it, not so great, um, but loving how she ended the whole thing. <laughs> loved the end of the book. The beginning was, I was like, why? I don't care about any of it. Like, what, are you guys just trying to get, make it so that every single one of these characters can have a line? That's what it felt like. Like, are you just trying desperately to get them to, to speak or something? Like, yeah. I just it dragged on and on. And I said, okay, this could have been 25 pages and I could have gotten that awesome ending and this would have been great. And I just don't know why they have to be so drawn out in the beginning. Now, in that case, I will say in this particular issues case, I don't disagree. I think there was some filler yes. here that could have been, right. that could have been cut. Uh, Cause there was a couple conversations like, why the hell? I don't care about this. Why, why, let's just move on. Kofi, what'd you think? Yeah. Um, I think that like a lot of us expected this to be kind of more balls to the wall. Like, right and a race against the Joker. And this, and this issue was actually a lot more, again, keeping with the theme of what I've been saying about everything this week was much more kind of character focused and introspective and slower. And so like the beginning part is just them kind of dealing with, you know, the whole fact that Joker, that their fate is in the Joker's hands. And there is that weird kind of scene of him making them do weird Joker things, which is like, you know, battle the tide, like literally pull out guns and battle the tide out like at the beach and doing all this crazy stuff because if they don't and they don't play the Joker's kind of warped logic about humor, like he's going to blow them up. Right. And so like, that's kind of thing. And in a weird way, it kind of functions really well as a kind of retrospective on the Joker himself. Uh, and there's a lot of great lines. Like I would more so than any of the two suicide movies, uh, suicide squad movies i've seen i would love for this to be my suicide squad movie like just from the page to the screen yeah. because there's just so much great like i like a lot of the dialogue in this like the subtle really things good. that happen between this team like wild dogs character and just like who's like so good about all of them kind of knowing he's just like this archetype of like this fake patriotic alpha male and there's all these comments about like everything from his patriotism to his D size when he pulls out the gun that he can obviously fit in his crotch. And they're like, well, and the girls and screaming Mimi and like, or like, yeah, uh huh. Or just screaming Mimi having conversations with that. Uh, what's the, uh, the other one called? Uh, meow, meow. Oh uh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah. That whole, like that their, whole their little psychotic girls talk is great. Like there's just so many great, I, I, this is the book I actually like to live in the most right now in terms of just like, the world that it's building it's kind of like um what's the sean everything uh white knight you know like oh, that man, kind of yes. thing. except this one's a lot darker and more cynical and kind of like yeah. screwed up but uh, i it still is a version of batman's world in dc universe that i i actually enjoy and um and i actually enjoy the kind of strokes they point they paint in that let you know like 
what's happened to other characters or how they fared in this universe and like kind of what the attitude is there. Um, but yeah, it's just, there's a lot of mundane little scenes, but because of the characters, I really enjoyed it. And I feel like all of these suicide suicide squad books I've gotten in modern times are all the same. They basically, if the actual banter and character scenes are good, like I enjoy the book. It's not just about the race and who gets blown up and stuff like them. Just playing basketball with a teleport. Guy's <laughs> that was great. No, okay. Just, My yeah. favorite sequence is actually uh, when they're explaining why they're getting, uh, why they're getting high. Yeah. And, and they give these explanations or whatever, and like you're kind of they're saying why they're not getting high, right. like when they when they're in trouble, right? And then he goes and walks off. He's like, "You think you bought any of that?" <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's such a great sequence because they give such compelling answers. You know, uh, it was yeah. There's a I agree with you that I I'm because I'm reading a couple different Suicide Squad books right now, um, and the main and and they're all actually really good in their own ways. But I will say this one's the most interesting because it kind of because it gets away from like the standard, hey, Amanda Waller has control of these people. They have bombs in their head like, you know, that part like that part seems to be where a lot of books just kind of hover and they don't ever stretch and they don't ever move. And this one does. And this one stretches and stuff. So like a lot of that small character stuff I like. Sometimes it hovers too long over some things and it's like, okay, I get it. Like, let's, <laughs> let's keep moving. But there are really interesting nuggets in there that I think is what makes this book special. Um, so no, I agree. Definitely. And I like the Harley scene because I thought it was a very good meta sly commentary on how Harley is used in comics and, and just in general um, and kind of flipping that on its head as her being kind of a, you know, kind of a sex product, sex product, yeah. exploited character. And, you know, having that whole thing happen. And, uh, and I liked her kind of taking ownership of that and almost slip slitting Joker's neck. Yeah, yeah I loved that. that. If you've ever been yeah. in one strip clubs can happen. So watch those, <laughs> watch those mouth razors. Anyway. Um, yes. Uh, so also, uh, Darth Crone, I actually, uh, yes, Andy Kubert is working uh, with Tom Taylor on Batman the Detective, that six issue miniseries. Mm-hmm. Um I don't remember off the top of my head how far into that series we are. I know we're at least three or four issues. Is it? I feel like we're only. It's a six-issue series. I thought we were. Is it? It's no way it's done because I don't think it's done. But I think we're like three or four in. uh, And Hubert's art just looks amazing um, in that space. So last book here was the one picked by uh, the viewers, and thank you guys so much, and listeners, thank you guys so much uh, for voting these things. It's, it's super fun, and I love this. Uh, so Shang-Chi number four. Uh, we've actually, this is a book we've actually covered, I think, every single issue <laughs> of this series. Um, and here we get a, a pretty big uh, change to to the character and to how things are laid. That's probably the biggest change of the series so far, because right now it's, it's kind of messed with stuff uh, in the expanded universe but like it's never we haven't really seen like something really happen that's like kind of a a game changer for the character and here we get that uh but also we just get like the five weapons society like breaking into the baxter building which i'm all for like this whole sequence like is just that whole part like their their banter back and forth and like you know their dynamic within the thing and like trying to talk each other down and all that stuff that stuff like this book is really fun in that respect uh, and then gives you the action and stuff uh, and even uh, a hook 
at the end that kind of like, okay, like these heroes are kind of getting, <laughs> getting tired of getting hosed by <laughs> Shang-Chi uh, and the, like the whole, like, Hey, he's a friend, but he works with this like really criminal organization. It's going to kind of go out the window. So that's exciting. Um, so I, I really dug this, but what'd you guys think? Um, I was more into like the, the payoff, like the story of what like his whole mission was and why he was doing that. But it's also more of that like mysticism and like uh, multiverse, like I know it's not a multiverse, but like in, interdimensional, like the negative, is it the negative space? Is that what it was called? Uh, the negative zone. Negative zone. Negative zone. <laughs> I loved, I loved that. I, I just think all of that kind of stuff, like the quantum, quantum realm, like all that stuff is just totally in my wheelhouse. And so when all of that was taking place, I was just like, and I just love the artwork. I love the colors and the, I just love stuff like that. So I was, I was really digging this. And then now I'm really curious of what's going to happen with, I don't want to spoil with his mom. <laughs> I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> yeah. Who is she really? Like, I don't know. And I like that cliffhanger. I like not knowing. And I'm really excited to see where it goes. Cause it's up my alley for sure. Yeah. Um, I don't love or hate the book. I think Marvel's doing a good job of finding ways to weave Shang-Chi into the larger Marvel universe just in time for his movie to hit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and that's pretty much it. Yeah. And they're doing a good job. I mean, they, they've actually made Shang-Chi relevant to the larger Marvel universe in a way I, I don't feel like he's been before. Agreed. No, for sure. I mean, I, I know in, from the comics side of things, I've never been more intrigued by the character than I am now. And yeah. the series is a big part of that, um, even taking the movie out of it. Uh, so, yeah. So, I mean, uh, there's there's a bunch of stuff to hit this week. I will say shout out to Excellence number 11. Fantastic. 12 will hopefully get here not six months down the line because <laughs> the series has had some delays towards these last few issues. So hopefully 12 comes out uh, in a timely manner because... I love the series so much. Uh, and then a big Green Lantern annual. Uh, if you're wondering about Jessica Cruz and, and turning over to the uh, the fear core, that is all addressed in this big annual. So that is comics. All right. I'm also going to say I've been reading uh, The Lake House or I forget. What oh, called. yeah. Yeah, that, that series is awesome. The Lake House is a great sci-fi kind of human drama story. I hope they make a series or a movie out of that. They really have to. Uh, an HBO series would be awesome for that. Uh, so there's that. And uh, Malignant's out today. James Wan, new James Wan horror movie, maker of The Conjuring, Saw, Insidious. It's out in theaters and on HBO Max. We have not sat down because I ain't watching it during the day. I'm going to wait till tonight, fool. But we're going to watch uh, Malignant. So just know that's out if you're looking for something to watch this weekend. You got that. All right. Other than that, that'll do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation. We want to thank you guys for tuning in. As always, we are live every Friday at noon on comicbook or twitch.tv slash comic book. You can also catch Phase Zero on Wednesdays if you're a Marvel-focused fan. Uh, we've got big things happening over there, big things happening over here. And it's just a good time. If you like the show, go on our uh, Apple Podcast platform. We're on Apple Podcasts. Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio. If you want to watch the show, we're on Twitch. We are on Facebook and we are on YouTube. You can always rewatch old episodes or download old episodes there to see how we predicted many things that happened in the entertainment industry or how wrong some of our thoughts really were. Uh, and that's always fun. So check that out. Follow us at Comic Book Nation or individually. I'm at Kofi Outlaw. I am at Aguilar CB. I am at Janelle Wheeler on here and on Twitch. 
And that's my and, dog. And uh, we make days around here. So shout out to uh, Sanskar uh, Swarj. I hope I said that right. Sanskar Swarj. There you go. There's your shout out. Hope you have a good day. 